2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: On The Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that.
0: My career was 24 out of 26 years. Was solely dedicated working on undercover. Now I walk in. I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good-looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a Kettle One Martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm gonna go. Go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam! I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We can shake you down, but you're on record with us.
2: For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. This is
0: The Jesse Kelly Show. Buckle up for a Monday version of the Jesse Kelly show today, because it's going to be yikes. It's going to be heavy. We have a sitting congressman gearing up inciting violence in the public. We have a coming Disaster with this Chauvin trial, and I'm going to talk about that. An absolute disaster for the American cities and why you should get out of them now. We have things going on in a place you don't care that much about called Canada. Maybe you've heard of it. And it's time for you and I to have a talk about why we need to care more and more and more. And the system... You want another great example of the system? I'm going to give you that today on the Jesse Kelly Show. And all that, all that is coming after a history story that might get a little bit ugly. I'll be frank with you. You know I, I hit you right between the eyes if something's going to be dark or heavy or something like that. And I understand that you listen with your kids. I love that. I will always do a show you can listen to with your kids. Just know this today. I am going to be talking about an absolute monster. I cannot possibly explain this monster and why he's a monster without explaining to you a couple of, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting just a couple of the high marks of horrible things this person did. It's yes, Chris said it's a PG show today. Yeah, normally it's G. I would I would say it's normally G. Is that right, Chris? Maybe not G. All right, maybe we'll maybe we'll touch on PG thirteen a little bit today. Uh, it's just there's no way I can explain this person without getting into some really ugly stuff stuff that's going to make me cringe. But I mean, you know who Heinrich Himmler was, right? And this is not a Heinrich Himmler show. Heinrich Himmler was I mean, you can make the argument Heinrich Himmler was more evil than Hitler himself. That whole final solution thing, that wasn't Hitler's idea. That was Himmler's idea. He is, there aren't many people, I don't judge others, as you know, so there aren't many people I feel comfortable saying, oh, he's in hell. Heinrich Himmler's in hell. He is. And what if I were to tell you that Joseph Stalin met with Franklin Delano Roosevelt and pointed to a gentleman beside him and said, this is my Himmler. Would you want to know who that guy is? His name was Lavrenti Beria, and he is a monster. A monster. And that is coming from me. You know how, I don't want to say down the lines. I'm not objective. I I have many opinions about many things, but... You know how I don't historically judge that many people, and I'll give you both sides of the story. And ah, uh, maybe he had bad parents. Uh, Genghis Khan killed forty million people. That was the culture of the time. I'll make excuses for anybody, anybody. This guy's just a monster, and appears to be a monster from very, very, very early on. He was born in 1899 in Georgia. Which is funny because, I mean, you don't think of him as being an American. I'm kidding. It was the country, Georgia. Stop. Quit. He was born in Georgia. And I'm going to be bringing up Georgia a couple times today. Just know every time I bring it up, I am not talking about the Peach State. That is Georgia's motto, right? The Peach State, Chris? I think so. His parents were landowners but not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. And remember the world that he's born into. There is no communist revolution yet. That was to come. Georgia wasn't part of the Soviet Union yet because the Soviet Union didn't exist yet. We're dealing in a world pre-World War I where Russia has a czar, a very powerful czar. He's an autocrat, but a czar whose power is fading as his country fades. He's mismanaged. It. His country's not industrialized. It's going downhill and downhill quickly. LaVrenti Beria's mother was an extremely religious woman and pushed this on her children. First husband died, got married again. Beria just... Look, you never know whether you're getting the whole story. I tore through 10 different things trying to get the real scoop on these things. And it's really hard to get the real scoop on communists. These guys who grew up in full-blown communist countries, and this is why. And you're going to run into this if you ever start digging into these guys, even huge ones, Stalin and all these guys. It's hard to get the whole story and the whole scoop because they were so adamant about destroying documentation about things and adamant about lying about things, huge lies. He was, he was, give him a medal of honor for being on the front lines. He never even joined the military. What are you talking about? It's lies like that. And so it's hard to separate what's what's fact from fiction. I may say things to you today. Believe me, I've tried to check every box on these. There's a chance I say something to you today that's just flat out not true. And that, that will always be the case when I deal with communist countries because the lies are so pervasive. And they'll just do humongous document dumps all the time. Communists don't just purge and kill people. They do, and we'll be going into that a lot today. They purge and kill documentation all the time, erasing the existence of this and existence of that. We don't need to hear about this background. You know, Stalin's famous for that picture. He took a picture with some guy and then had the guy killed and then had the picture reprinted without the guy in it. That's communists. That's what they do. But Beria early on, he's a bad student, and he is an extremely devious, manipulative young man. He is known by his classmates and his teachers, though, as the detective. Why would they call him the detective? Well, if you had somebody steal your stuff, if you had something go missing, Beria would never find the culprit, but he would almost always find the item for you. He would track it down because Beria was the one doing the stealing and then bring you back your stuff for a reward. That's the kind of human being this is very early on. Now let's fast forward a bit. He's 18. Russian Revolution kicks off 1917. I'm not going into all the details of that, It's not that kind of show. It would take me forever. Just know this was the communists throwing off the czar. The czar abdicates his throne. Communists take over. There's another civil war to come after this and whatnot. I'm I'm, I'm simplifying. Now, we have a communist-run Soviet Union. Georgia, which is where Beria is, and remember, Georgia is where Stalin was born too, Georgia. Georgia doesn't want to be in the Soviet Union. They don't. Georgia wants to be on their own. And the Soviet Union, because they're communists, they treat Georgia like crap. In 1918, Georgia declares its independence. No, we are our own country. We are out. And then the Soviets look and say, oh, no, 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 no. No, you're not out. No, you're very much in. And they put Stalin in charge of it. Lenin is running the commies right now, but Stalin gets put in charge of the Georgian policy. And before long, and again, this is another long story, before long, Georgia essentially gets colonized. That's what happens. Don't get me wrong, a lot of people die, but they get colonized. 1922, Lenin has a stroke. Stalin starts running things. He doesn't want Georgia to be a colony. He wants total control of everything. Well, part of having total control of Georgia means you have to get rid of the opposition. So he needed a man for that. He found one. All right, that and BLM riots coming. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so yeah the Jesse Kelly show you know what it's like to have your wife give you the long face every time you're getting ready to throw a dip in I, I know I know you know what it's like they they start to think oh I, I I'm worried about his health I, I need him to quit and you, you don't really want to quit because you enjoy it you know you should but you don't really want to quit what well, what if you could throw a dip in and she wouldn't have the right to say anything to you? That's Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco free, nicotine free, it's even sugar free, and it will get you off the bad stuff. It works. It works to quit. How nice would it be to look at her and say, huh, uh, uh, this is actually just fine for me? Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use their promo code JESSE at checkout. That gets you 20% off. That's J-E-S-S-E. It is the Jesse Kelly show 877 Jesse at Jesse at show.com. Are you paying attention to what's happening in Canada? We're going to talk about that a little more. There's a video around right now of cops in Canada, pummeling an 85 year old man. It's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. Remember they stormed the church, 200 armed police officers. There are now Canadians standing on the border with an upside-down Canadian flag pointing it at America asking for help. I don't expect you to care about Canada. Now, I love Canada, but if you don't care about it, it's fine. It's a different country. People don't care about different countries. You better start paying attention, and I'll tell you why you need to start paying attention here shortly. Back to our story, though, about Lavrenti Beria. Lenin goes down, Stalin takes over. And Stalin and Lenin did have differences of opinion. That's why Lenin didn't really want Stalin in charge. Lenin was a monster too, don't get me wrong, but even Lenin looked at Stalin and thought, oh, that's, that's probably too far. You see, in Georgia, the I'm just going to call it a colony of Russia because it's the best way to understand it. And let me caution everybody here for a second. Russia is a very fascinating place. The whole communist stuff is very, very fascinating, and the oppression and the gulags and everything else. We'll get to that in a second. Don't let the details destroy your ambition if you're interested in that kind of stuff from reading about it and looking into it. And here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. They had the longest, most complicated names for everything ever, and it can... If you get too mired in the details, it can ruin the story. If you're reading about, and I'm going to make up all these names, so don't hold me to of this, but if you're reading about any organization or something in Russia, you you are getting, and, uh, and, and com- Comrade Popov worked for the People's Commissariat of the Intelligence, but he also worked for the People's Commissar of the Agriculture, which was actually one of the chakas for the p- political, and you're just, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm not going to use any of those words today. But that's how it can come across. Just browse over that stuff. You're not going to get all those details, nor are you expected to. It's horrible. Anyway, Stalin takes over, and this Georgia problem has got to stop in Stalin's mind. You see there is an opposing political group in Georgia. They're called the Mensheviks. I'm not going to go into it, but that's who they're called. And there are other – there are uh, Muslim nationalists. There are a bunch of different groups in Georgia – who were really not all about this Bolshevik revolution stuff. And Lenin, Lenin had allowed these groups to exist. Lenin actually had an affinity for some of the Mensheviks. It was, it was okay. It's no big deal. Stalin takes over, and now it's a really big deal. Stalin's not going to tolerate these kinds of things. He looks at a young man who had joined the intelligence service and had begun to make quite a name for himself for being a collector of intelligence and a man who was absolutely utterly ruthless and organized and meticulous. And his name was LaVrenti Beria. He says, Beria, why don't you go ahead and handle the opposition in Georgia? 10,000 people died. 10,000 people died. And that look, these are numbers that we think again, they're not advertising. And, and Beria, when he was almost done slaughtering all the rebels, starts sending messages to the rebel leaders that say, hey, if you surrender and surrender all your people, you'll be spared. We just want you to back off and do this. Bunch of them do it. Okay, you're right. We're laying down our arms. Beria properly had them all lined up against the wall and shot anyway. That's LaVrenti Beria. He takes, because now they're at the point where they're just seizing all private property. They're just taking it all. And there's a group of people, don't worry about remembering this, called the Kulaks. They're the upper middle class people. It doesn't matter. Upper middle class people. Beria starts seizing entire families and sending them to the Gulag system. He's making a cult of personality for himself in Georgia. And when I say cult of personality, it's very, very, very similar to things you can see the system doing today. Deciding one person is an enemy and one person is a hero. Cult of personality means they're naming buildings after Beria. School children are learning about how great Beria is. Beria this, Beria that. He's sending children off to gulags routinely. And he's doing things like, because this is in the time where Stalin begins his his purges. He's doing things like Taking a party member's wife, uh, Stalin wants this party member to go down. So Beria kidnaps his wife, and I'm, I'm again. I'm just going to give it to you. This is how this day is going to be. And he starts beat has her beaten routinely, so she will sign a confession that her husband is a traitor. So Beria could then has some justification to grab him and shoot him. This lady, what a freaking lion! This lady is. She never breaks. She won't break. So finally they get her 14-year-old son and bring him in and beat him in front of her. She still won't break. She finally dies. You want to talk about love? That's love right there. Then Beria promptly sends the 14-year-old son off to the gulag. This is the kind of life people lived. I want you to understand this. And this is a period in time where Stalin is purging 40% of his own party. That's an estimate. Think about that. And when I say own party, this is the communists ran every part of the country. Stalin took 40% of his federal government, is how you want to think of it, and killed them all. Or threw them in gulags. And Beria is his man for this. Beria is his man for this. But there's something else that comes with it. You see, Beria like I told you before, was absurdly manipulative. And what he would do was he figured out very early on that Stalin loved when people kissed his rear end. So Beria was obsessive about kissing Stalin's rear end. He was looking after Stalin's mother personally brought Stalin's mother into his home. He had statues built to Stalin. Now don't get me wrong. Stalin threatened to kill Beria several times because that's how Stalin did things. He made sure his closest people were all terrified that they might be next on the hit list if they didn't straighten up. It was an absolute environment of complete and total terror. And while they're doing these purges, understand this. They are they're executing many of these people publicly. This is just a way of life in the Soviet Union at the time. Oh, look, that's uh. That mayor just got lined up against the wall and shot in the town square, and they're leaving his body there. They do these things on purpose so everybody can see. Torture at this point is rampant throughout the Soviet. It's just everywhere. No check on it whatsoever, which actually Barry is going to do something about if you have to say one nice thing about the guy. We'll get to that in just a moment. And During these purges, it's one of the funniest things, when, well, not funny, terrible, but one of the oddest things when you look at the Soviet Union and they're doing the purges, and they were always purging someone and murdering someone, Stalin always made sure he found somebody in the intelligence service or some high up elected official when the purge was done he would blame that person for the purge because he didn't want any of the stain of the purge being on him and be all, what is this cruelty? You can't violate people's rights like that and then have that guy killed after framing him. It's just, there is no truth to it. What is that great Alexander Solzhenitsyn, that Russian uh, author who said everything is a lie? They keep lying and lying and lying, and we know they're lying. But they're still lying. We're going to continue with Levrenti Beria in a second. And Maxine Waters inciting violence. Hang on. (laughs) My allergies used to drive me nuts. Absolutely nuts. And I know you know what this is like. I know you're walking out and looking at the pollen that settles on your car as if we live in the dust bowl. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, I better go take one of those over-the-counter pills from the pharmacy and try to try to calm down my allergies. I don't have to do that anymore. And I've been in your shoes. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm has taken care of my allergies. This is the best air purifier I have ever had in my life, and I have owned them forever. Oh, but wait, there's more. It doesn't just cover up odors. It completely eliminates them. Eliminates them. That pet odor that's lingering in your house, people walk in and say, what's that smell? No more. Not when you have an Eden Pure. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. Jesse Kelly show with me, Jesse the Oracle. Kelly, what, Chris? Sombrero, Jesse. Soon, what, April, May. Wait a minute. Cinco de Mayo's coming up. Oh, gosh, that's going to be so sweet. Don't forget, we are efforting getting a mariachi band in studio that day. To play just randomly. I don't even want him playing when we come in and out of breaks, Chris. I want him just randomly to bust into Mexican song right there in the background. It'll be great. (laughs) You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly, DC on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook. And you can find me on locals. We have Michael Malice coming up. Next hour, as he always does on a Monday, I can't wait to hear what Michael Malice has to say about some of this absolute insanity. I know he's going to bring up that stuff going on in Canada where the cops are beating everyone up. And what am I supposed to say at this point in time? He asked something yesterday. I'm paraphrasing it here. But he asked something on social media. He said, honestly asking, do you think America's law enforcement wouldn't do these things if they were told to do them? (sighs) I know a lot of cops that I don't think would, but Malice thinks they would. So, look, we'll see. see. Anyway, let's get back to our story about LaVrenti Beria before we get to all that. Beria, by now, is the head of the NKVD. Yeah, don't worry about remembering that. Although that's one of the ones you probably should just think. Just know that's the KGB before it was called the KGB. That's the NKVD, and they are absolutely ruthless. How ruthless are they? Well, Trotsky was a big part of the communist revolution. By now, he'd been exiled from the Soviet Union. Stalin hated his guts. Trotsky was in Mexico now writing anti-Stalin publications all the time, Stalin looks at his right-hand man, Beria, and says, you want to go ahead and handle that? And it wasn't too much later, Trotsky had a nice pick in the back of his head. That's real. He is probably, this is argued, but right now you could make the argument, Beria is the second most powerful man in the Soviet Union after Stalin. Uh, Ranking-wise, maybe not, but that's the argument people make. It's just there's not really a person he can point to that he wants to get that he won't get. And he does away with a couple things. He does away with untargeted torture. He's very fine with torture, but the torture seems so useless to him it seemed to be a, a waste of time. He was a cold-blooded individual. Now we're talking Second World War era by now. and Second World War, as you know, Poland really got spit roasted bad. Germany and the, Germany and the Soviet Union split up Poland. Well, the Soviet side of Poland, they were going to make sure it was off it was really, really Soviet, as the Soviets did. How do you handle that? Well, Communists don't change. You need to take care of two things right away. First of all, you need to take all the armed men and trained men and make sure you get rid of them so they can't ever come after you. That's one. And two, you have to go after the trainers of the next generation. So there's something out there. It's, it's something most people have never even heard of before. It's called the Katin Massacre or Katin Massacre. 22,000, 22,000 Polish military officers and educators were taken out to a place called the Katten Forest, forest shot in the back of the head, and buried in a mass grave. 22,000 people. Beria was the one who did it. They put Beria in charge. He promptly massacred all the people in Poland who could defend themselves. And not only did he massacre them, this thing wasn't known about for a long time because Beria massacred them in such a way that the Nazis would be blamed for it. That's who this guy was. That's who he was. He then, he he just, look, they don't have any statues to Beria up in Poland. He then takes 400,000 Poles. And sends them off to the gulags to die. Why did the Soviet Union struggle so much early on in World War II? Did you ever wonder that why? Well, during Stalin's purge, he killed lots of the generals too. Because he was worried about anybody in command of an army. And he had Beria out there rounding them up and executing them. And this is an era, there's no way I can put it into words for you how corrupt and fearful and dark this uh, this time was because they're constantly informing on each other. And sometimes it's real and sometimes not. And, and all you needed, if someone believes it's real, you're in trouble. Hey, Stalin, I heard Peter over there is coming to kill you tomorrow. I heard he wants to do a cue. Oh, Stalin's just going to say, okay, take him out and shoot him. Peter wasn't planning anything. Peter was a very loyal guy. You just didn't like Peter. That's how this worked all the time. Or maybe Peter was planning a coup. Plenty of people did. You just you didn't know. Nobody ever knew. So they so, the, the Soviet Union had, had killed so many of their own generals early on in World War II that that's why the Nazis were just kicking the crap out of them early on, and then eventually they got it together. Part of what they did in World War II, though, which was brilliant, if I have to say something nice about this monster, the Soviets were on their heels. They knew the Nazis were going to take over a good portion of the western part of the Soviet Union. Well, that's where they had a lot of their factories. The Soviet Union, in a move that I'm fascinated about to this day, packed up their factories and moved them way out west. They packed up the not the whole building, Chris, you idiot, but everything inside of it still uh, they, they all, their, all their ability to produce things, they simply packed them all up and moved them west. How'd they do that? Stalin put Beria in charge. The man was cold and efficient. Remember, the biggest monsters are the biggest monsters because they are capable men. Do you know the difference between ISIS and the Nazis? Ability. And that's the only difference. That's the only difference. Exact same ideology. Same people. Exactly right, Chris. Money, infrastructure, ability. The Nazis were so evil because the Nazis were so good at it. Same thing with Beria. He was so good at it. And he was utterly despised by the Red Army. Why was he despised by the Red Army? Because Stalin despised the Red Army. Why would Stalin despise his own army? Because now they're starting to see huge successes against the Nazis And Stalin is getting worried that they're getting too popular and more popular than him. And I don't like this. I don't trust that. You know, the great General Zhukov, probably the greatest general in World War II, the the big Soviet commander. I mean, the guy was a stud. Maybe the greatest general of all time, in all all honesty. Stalin looks at Beria and says, start gathering some dirt on on Zhukov. Because Zhukov was a national god at this point in Russia. And after the war, Stalin wanted to execute Zhukov. Because he was so popular, he was actually too popular to execute. So instead, Stalin basically banished him, put him in charge of some jerkwater uh, military post. Completely disrespected him. Zhukov was just wounded about it the entire rest of his life. If Barry had had his way, he would have just shot him in the back of the head. And we're look, I can't tell you how much monstrous stuff I'm skipping over. I'm skipping over ethnic cleansings committed by Beria. And now we're, we're, we're post-World War II. Now we're going into the areas where Beria is. He's going into all the areas the Soviets now control and finding whatever ethnic group he can find that supported the Nazis over Russia, and he's having them all ritualistically exterminated. They're cleaning out the government again. Oh, and another thing post-World War II. America had an atom bomb. Stalin wanted one. Hang on. We're going to wrap this up, and then we're going to talk about what's coming with this Chauvin trial. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we need business. That is sitting Congressman Maxine Waters inciting violence. It is the Jesse Kelly show 8773774373. Jesse at Jessekelllyshow.com. We have Kurt Schlichter coming up in the third hour. He's a great writer and a, basically a comedian. I can't wait to what he, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about Mad Maxine. That'll be hilarious. But just remember this. As I'll, I'll get back to my story about lavrenti Beria in a second, but remember this. It's coming. There are bad things coming when this verdict comes down. And I'm going to prep you for them and tell you what's coming. Let's get ready. All right. Post-World War II, the Soviets are obsessed with getting an atom bomb. They just watched us blow up ours. They want one, too. because And... Not that I'll ever defend the communists, but it is understandable because we just had not one but two world wars and we saw the leading technological power, the one who has the next big weapon, that's the one who won both wars. You don't want to be behind on that. Even if the Soviet Union didn't hate us, and they did, and we hated them, you don't want someone else having an atom bomb and you not. He puts Beria in charge. Beria, of course, runs the thing like a ruthless dictator, the the Soviet atomic program. We're talking, he'll line up a scientist without question and pull his fingernails out and then shoot him in the back of the head. That's Beria. He succeeds, though. The Soviet Union gets the atom bomb because of Beria. Stalin starts having strokes, and Beria is so manipulative – that when Stalin starts coming to, Beria will kiss his hands and tell him how much he missed him and please don't go. And then the second Stalin goes back, you know, essentially into a coma, Beria starts going around telling everybody how much he hates him. Beria is primed to take over the Soviet Union. But Stalin has several deputies, not just Beria. And Beria, the problem with being like that is... I don't care how many people you've killed, you can't ever kill them all because you kill one. You just made five more enemies when you are responsible for that. I mean, it's it's definitely millions. I, I, I don't know how many deaths he's responsible for directly. It's in the millions. There's no question. You're going to make some enemies. Well, remember when I said the Red Army hated Beria? Beria was always sticking his nose in things, investigating their generals, sometimes dumping their generals and officers that they just hated his guts. A man named Khrushchev comes along and with the aid of the Soviet military, does a coup and takes over the Soviet Union. He is not a big Beria fan, to put it mildly. He's promptly arrested. He begs for his life. They mock him for begging for his life. And then they put a bullet in his head. Now, I saved this really ugly part for last just because I didn't want to feel icky. And I wanted you to understand something. During this entire reign of Beria, he was a predator to women. We know about this from uh, bodyguard testimony later on including young girls. He would drive around, ride around in an armored limousine and just point them out whenever he saw one he wanted, and they would go kidnap her for him and bring her back to his mansion where he would feed them and give them wine and then go lock them in a soundproof room and assault them terribly. On the way out the door, they were given a bouquet of flowers. If they accepted the bouquet... In Beria's mind, that meant they were going to just agree that this had been a consensual thing and they could go. If they rejected the bouquet, they were promptly sent off to the gulags. One actress, Soviet actress, Beria did this to her, and once he brought her back, she had a couple relatives who were very close to her, including her father, that were already in the gulags. Beria says, oh, yeah, sure, just uh, you know, let's enjoy ourselves tonight, and then I'll get them out of the gulags. It happens, whatever. I'm not going to go into the details, obviously. And then she leaves and finds out that Beria had already executed her relatives and he knew it all along. They were already dead. They died months ago. But Beria doesn't want this negative press to get out, out, so he promptly has her arrested and sent off to the gulags. By the grace of God, she actually survived. I want you to know something. There are monsters in this world. We don't like to dwell on them. We certainly don't want to give our fellow man the side eye all the time. But there are real monsters out there capable of doing evil things like you can't possibly imagine. Beria was so evil, Stalin's daughter was at Beria's house and Stalin called his daughter and said, get out now. You don't stay in Barry's home. There's evil out there. We need to remember that. And we need to take steps to protect ourselves. We're going to talk about that and the coming violence. Hang on. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people